Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and in this midweek mini-show, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about breast health. Because when I had my issue recently, I felt woefully under-informed. And I'd done it to myself, because I thought that by looking away, by not really engaging too much in all the information, I might be able to avoid any kind of issue forever. But actually, I think we can all agree that's nonsense. And had I actually known the information that is shared within this episode, I'm confident that I would have been a lot less anxious during the scare that I had recently. Because information is power. We've talked about this before. Like many of us, I know I have to check myself and I had always thought I was doing an okay job at it. But if I'm, again, really honest, I probably should have been doing more and should have been more what you might call, and I'm using air quotes here, breast aware. So I asked one of my investigative journalists, colleagues, Claire Coleman, if she knew any doctors who would be able to help me with this, a doctor who was media savvy, media friendly, meaning they could speak with clarity on tape, who would be able to help me create an episode on the basics of breast health and everything you need to know, but were too afraid to ask kind of a show. The aim being that if you need it, all the information is here in one place, safely put together to give you the information and reassurance you might need around anything to do with your breasts. Claire recommended Dr. Philippa Kay, a GP based in London, who very kindly agreed to come on the show. As you'll hear, this episode was recorded in Skype. We we are at completely polar opposite ends of this huge, great, big, wonderful city. So you will be able to hear that it is a little bit crackly, but I have tinkered with it to make it as clear as possible so you can hear the insight and information that Philippa shares. Any links to resources or information discussed can be shown, can be shown, can be found in the show notes. And I really do help that you find this to be a helpful resource. So here she is on the Emma Gunn Show. It's Dr. Philippa Kay talking all things breast health. Philippa Kay, Dr. Philippa Kay, I should say, thank you so much for joining me on the Emma Gunn Show. Hi, how are you? I'm very, very well, and I'm very glad that you are able to join me to chat all things breast health. Thank you for having me. It's so important that we keep talking about these things. Well, as I told you briefly over email recently, and as the listeners will know, I had a bit of a scare uh, a few weeks ago and realised that even though I would like to consider myself as somebody who knows what's what, who reads up on these things and would consider themselves to be aware, I felt really quite woefully 
underknowledged, for want of a much better word. And um, it just made me think that it would be perhaps a good idea to create an episode that was a resource, which is basically like the beginning, the, the sort of step-by-step guide to how to really check yourself, what to look out for, what not to worry about, what to worry about, and what might happen if you know you do get referred for testing and things like that. So... Um, would you mind breast just yeah breast 101 so would you mind just giving the listeners a bit of a background about you who you are and what you do so my name's Dr Philip Kay I'm a GP in North London and a mum of three um, and I have particular interest in women kids and sexual health um, so I see a lot of breasts <laughs> <laughs> and this is a really important part of what we do when someone comes in and they and they ask about a change or, or we do a referral, but actually teaching breast self-examination and or even just talking to women about the importance of knowing their bodies <laughs> is a really significant part of what we do. Okay, right. So what usually happens when people come in to see you and they're they're like, Could you have a look at these? What's you what are the sort of most common <laughs> concerns? Um, so people, it depends on the age of the person. Mm-hmm. People often come in with pain um, and worrying that pain in both breasts, for example, before their period is is a sign of cancer. And actually, um, pain in both breasts is, would be extremely unusual as a sign of cancer. Um, but really commonly, and I would say probably at least once a week, I see somebody that's come in um, because they found a breast lump mm-hmm. or their partner has found a breast mm-hmm. lump because they're not somebody that regularly examines themselves. Mm. Um, and and then obviously we talk about that. And, and when I examine them, I also always teach how you examine yourself. And I really think that schools are getting better and better at talking about sex education and contraception and all of those things. But they really should be teaching women how to examine themselves because we know that regular um, self-examination will increase your likelihood of finding a change if it is there and the earlier that we find something the more able we are to treat it Mm. time really matters so I want you to be checking so that if something were to happen and most of those changes will be benign but that we know about it we can refer you on and we can treat it so what are the basics of being breast aware so know your normal and Mm. actually that can take a little bit of time because everybody's normal is different And it's really common to have one breast that's slightly bigger than the other. Um, And when you, there's no right way uh, particularly to examine your breast, but you have to examine everywhere. And that means all the way up into your armpit and right underneath your collarbone. So the first thing is you have to know what your normal is. What do your breasts look like in the mirror and what do they feel like? And what is your normal? Now, your normal might change throughout the month. So the hormonal changes related to your menstrual cycle um, will often change your breasts. People often say their breasts are tender before their period or they get a little bit more lumpy before their period. So I would say that the best time to get to know your breasts is actually after your period. It's less likely to be uncomfortable um, and that sort of gives us a state of play. If you don't have periods anymore um, and it's after the menopause, then the first of the month, something that gives you a trigger that you examine yourself every single month. Mm -hmm. And what, I mean, I thought if I just, and I'm sorry, I know, even as I'm about to say this, I just thought if I gave him a good sort of uh, press with flat hands 
and you know if I was in the shower and I sort of had a good feel around and got quite firm and not aggressive but just kind of gave him a squeeze that would be it but that's not really that's not on the NHS paperwork is it (laughs) no no not really (laughs) but I think um Actually, one of the most important things is which sort of part of your hand that you do it with. Now, technically, you can do it with any part of your hands, but if you sort of poke with the ends of your fingers, mm. you're not going to pick something up. Then if you put your hold your palm together and use the flat of your fingers to examine yourself. Now, as I said, there's no right way, but there's mm. two common ways that I talk to women about it. And the first is to divide to divide your breast into four quarters like you would cut a cake Mm -hmm. Um, and then to be sure that you examine each of those quarters and then up into the armpit up to the collarbone and then around the nipple Mm -hmm. or you imagine that each breast is a clock and you would put the numbers on the clock 12 at the top six at the bottom um, and you feel downwards from each number on the clock all the way down to your nipple Mm -hmm. and that's just a way of and then obviously up into the armpit Mm -hmm. um but it's a way of ensuring that you don't miss a section of your breast. What's often easiest to do is do it in the shower um, and have the opposite hand. So you examine with your right hand to to examine your left breast and vice versa and put the other hand behind your head. And when you put your hand behind your head, you're sort of pulling the breast tissue up near the surface so it's easier to feel. If you've got very long breasts or very heavy, big breasts, you might have to use one hand to sort of lift the breast and scoop it so that you can examine the bottom of the breast and not just the top, which is often what people do. Mm. But what we must do first, before we before we get handsy, is mm-hmm. you've got to look. Mm. So what we are looking for is a change. Now, as I said, breasts may, might be slightly asymmetrical. We all have one that's slightly bigger than the other. But... If you notice a new change in size or in shape, if you notice sort of a bulging out in one area or a tethering, a pulling in in one area, that's new. If you notice, if your nipples are inverted and they've always been inverted, that's not a problem. But if you notice that one nipple is suddenly beginning to pull in or is pointing in a different direction, then that's something to be aware of. If there are skin changes on your breasts, medical word for one of the skin changes is called peau d'orange, which is a French word which literally means orange skin. Mm-hmm. So if you notice a patch on your breast that looks like orange skin, simply a bit like cellulite, then that's a change. Or if you have a patch of, for example, eczema on your breasts or on your nipples, then that's something to be aware of. None of these changes mean that I've found a cancer. Mm-hmm. It just means that you have this symptom that I need to look at further. So once you've looked at yourself in the mirror, then you then you have to feel yourself. And lots of women are sort of unsure what they're feeling. And as I said, everybody's breasts are slightly different. And so you're feeling for a new thickening, a new irregularity, a new lump, or essentially what, if, if you imagine that you have a pack of frozen peas and the peas have all got stuck together, you can feel that sort of blobbliness underneath the bag of now that's called nodularity and that's really common in lots of women so when lots of women listen to this and then they hopefully go in the shower and examine their breasts lots of them will sort of feel this sort of irregular frozen pea lumpiness Mm. and that's okay if that's on both breasts but if something changes and it's new and you suddenly notice that in one section on one breast then that's something that we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. If you notice a bloodstained discharge from the nipple, again, that's something to be aware of. And any lump, as I said, extending all the way up to the armpit, the tail of the breast goes all the way up there. So anything new, 
anything different, what it looks like or what it feels like. Okay. And what should you do if you feel a change? Because I think um, it's it's very easy to put these things off because it's scary. Absolutely. So the, the first thing I just have to add is that if you have um, pain on one side, that was the one that we missed out because that's not, not, not one you look or one that you feel with your hand, it's one you experience. So mm. if you have new pain on one side, then we need to know about it. Mm. Any change come and see us at your GP. And I appreciate that that's frightening because in your head, you've automatically gone to the worst place. Mm. But actually, breast changes are really common. Hormonal breast changes, benign breast changes, they're really, really common. And as I said, I see them at least once a week. We're going to examine your breasts, okay? And sometimes we have to get you to show us which bit you're concerned about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be something that's completely normal. And we can reassure you, but nine times out of 10, if not more, I'm going to refer you on, even if I think it's benign. There is a set of guidelines produced by the National Institute of Clinical Excellence um, about when we should refer on what we call a suspected cancer wait. That's a two-week wait. Now, that doesn't mean that I think you have cancer. It means that you have a sign or a symptom which could indicate that. So whether or not I think that you've got a benign cyst or a benign um, growth that I'm not worried about at all. I can't guarantee that. And as such, I will refer you on to your local hospital and you will be seen within two weeks. So it's really important that your GP has your correct mobile phone number, your correct address, all of that stuff. And you'll be seen within two weeks. Now, when that happens, you need to take off from work a full half a day. So if your appointment's in the morning, it's going to take you probably a full whole morning. We have to bear and in mind, same- Philippa, that um, we have an internet, this show has an international audience. So I know that I just want to clarify, you are speaking very much about the UK listeners at this point. Okay. So most so most places in the UK will refer you within a two-week um, guidelines. In other places um, in America, you'll get referred straight away. Um, but when you go, what we're the gold standard um, globally is to have a one-stop shop clinic. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means is that you go, you see a doctor and you're examined by a doctor, that you have any imaging and potential testing all in one go. Because we know that it causes such a huge amount of anxiety that we want to give you an answer as quickly as we can. Mm -hmm. Now, what that imaging is going to be is one of two things, depending on your age and what the doctor thinks it is, is that if you're young, you're likely to have an ultrasound scan, which is the same as for pregnant women, where they put the jelly on your breasts instead of on your tummy and they use a probe, or a mammogram. A mammogram is an x-ray of the breasts, and whether or not you have big breasts or small breasts, essentially they squash the breast between two x-ray plates and they take an x-ray picture. They then may also take something called a fine needle aspirate biopsy, which is when they put a tiny bit of local anesthetic into the skin and that stings a bit like a bee sting. And then you don't feel anything more. And they use a needle to take a tiny bit of tissue from the lump that they can then look at under the microscope. And then once you've had all of that, we can then pull together those results. Now, the results of a mammogram or an ultrasound, they may receive straight away. But the results of a biopsy may take a week or so. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have to come back. But the gold standard is that one-stop shop so that you don't have to keep coming back so that we can get an answer as quickly as we can. 
Okay. And that, I think, is really helpful because that's something... I didn't know about. I just had the letter and I knew I had 10 days and I wasn't really entirely sure what to expect. And all of the lovely vocabulary that was reassuring, obviously, anxiety takes over or worry takes over. And the wait is the worst bit, mm. actually, because it's the unknown. And in that in that waiting time, your head goes to the worst place. Um, and it's actually very difficult for anybody to reassure you because they don't have a pair of x-ray glasses on to check your, mm. to check your breath. Um, And the only way that I really can reassure women is to say that breast changes are hugely common and that doesn't mean that they're nasty. Mm. Um, And we have to sort of rely on the the numbers and the figures from that point of view. But that if we do find something, the earlier we find it, the better the treatment is. Mm. So let's say that they say that it's a breast cyst or that it's a benign lump. Most of the time they'll leave them alone. And then that will become your new normal. Mm. And so you know... I have a little lump that's at eight o'clock on my left breast and I know that's benign and I know that that can't change. So it's not like a polyp in the bowel that has the potential to become a cancerous growth. It's not like a change in your cervix when we do survival screening and we talk about pre-cancerous changes and we treat those because they have the potential to change. Breast lumps aren't like that. If you have a benign breast lump, it's not going to turn into a nasty breast lump. So that's now your, your new normal. And you know that. Mm. And therefore, I'm not worried. You don't have to come every month about that one. It's if you can have something new. And some people will have breasts that, that sort of do get quite lumpy and, and will go through this process quite a few times. And if they are causing pain, for example, sometimes the surgeons will remove a benign breast lump. If you are told that a breast lump um, is malignant and you have breast cancer, what happens next depends on on whether or not it is spread. So you will have a series of tests of imaging to see whether or not they think that there has been spread. Let's assume for just a second that it is um, all very, very localized. Then the treatment is most commonly surgery. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com where they remove the lump, not the whole breast, the lump, and they often will check the lymph nodes in the armpit. So they will remove some of the lymph nodes in the armpit to check that it hasn't spread. Depending on those results or or what happens from, from that is that you may be offered radiotherapy and sometimes chemotherapy as well. If the cancer has spread further, then the surgical treatment can be more extreme, um, and that can include mastectomy. 
and it is possible to have a reconstruction at the same time as the breast removal, depending on the extent of the spread of the cancer. So some surgeons will say, yeah, we can do it straight away, and some surgeons will say it's best to wait a little bit um, and see what happens. But I have to emphasize that, that although breast cancer is a common cancer in young people, it is still relatively uncommon in comparison to the number of women that come in with benign breast lumps or hormonal pain or tenderness in their breasts and other breast problems. Mm. I don't know about listeners, but I mean, even even that last part that you talked about, I, I feel it does make me feel uncomfortable because I'm not used to this language and it scares me. So I'm, listeners, please bear with because what, what hopefully the purpose of this show is to get us all checking and to make sure, as you say, that we know what our normal is. So... Um, it's not about, it's, I'm not trying to frighten anybody. Of course In a way, not. I to reassure that even if we did find something, that there are loads of treatment options. Because mm. when people get a diagnosis of cancer, they instantly assume um, and are terrified, understandably so, that that means that they're going to die. And actually, that's not the case. For many, many people, if we can have a surgical outcome, we can get rid of your cancer, mm. then then the problem is solved. And so I think that it's actually quite useful sometimes to talk out those worries and to and to go down the rabbit hole a little bit mm. because then we can reassure women and men, breast cancer affect men, that we do have treatment options at the other end. But as I said, a benign breast problem is far more likely. Mm. And they're really common. I mean, how many women or how many of your friends will say that their breasts hurt? They hurt all the time. Um, and that can be related to the contraceptive pill you're on and that can be related to the time of the month and that can be related because to the fact that they're just big and they're putting a strain on your back. And actually, we have treatments for all of those issues as well. So whatever your issue is with your breasts, come tell us and then we can help you treat it. Uh, let's talk about breast pain, actually, because you say a lot of people do struggle with it or it might like you might feel certain sensations at certain times of the month. Is that something that you should go to your doctor about? Is there something that you can do to ease that pain? So it depends on how much that pain is bothering you, whether or not you come and see us. Mm. So if you know that in the two days before your period, your breasts are a bit tender and you prefer to wear a sports bra than an underwired bra, um, then that's fine. You're managing. If you're not managing, then you must come and see us. Mm. Um, and lots of women will find sort of find a way. So as I said, changing a bra or sleeping in a soft bra to give a little bit of extra support. But it's essentially it's to do with the increased levels of progesterone, which is one of the hormones um, of your menstrual cycle. And that level rises towards the end of the cycle. Um, and that can make your breasts tender. The oral contraceptive pill, or actually other forms of contraception, be they a coil, an implant, an injection, they can all cause breast tenderness because they contain progesterone. And you might find that you start on one and your doctor will always see you a few months later. And if you say, oh, sure, you know I've, I've noticed that my breasts increased in size or and it bothers me or they're really painful, that if we change the formulation of the hormone, um, that we can get rid of that. Um, and other women just have very tender breasts normally sort of all the time. Mm. Um, and there are various treatments that we, that we can give. And the first two are actually... Um, ones that you can buy over the counter and that's to take vitamin B supplements there's some evidence for that and high dose evening primrose oil mm. um, and again there's evidence for that and as with any medication even if you think that it's herbal or natural please check with your pharmacist whatever else you're taking mm. there can be interactions the fact that something is herbal doesn't mean it doesn't 
work. It means it's got an ingredient in it that can interact with something else. Um, and then if you know that it's sort of two or three days before your period, then actually rubbing in a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory gel, like an I believe gel, an ibuprofen mm -hmm. gel, three or four times a day um, can be really useful during during that time. Okay. Um, and that can be really helpful. Um, and the other thing is that because so many women, when they have pain, automatically associate that with cancer, we will ref I will refer those. Um, I will definitely refer them on a two-week wait if I'm if it's on one side, but I will even refer a bilateral pain because actually often the reassurance that this is something which is not of medical concern. It's a concern if it hurts, obviously, but the, the, the reassurance that there isn't a cancer or anything else um, underlying can be really reassuring to women and therefore help them deal with that pain much better. And the other thing that's really important is that your bra fits properly. I spend my life telling women and girls that their bras don't fit properly um, and the way that I can tell that straight away is that when you take your t-shirt off if the bra is rising up very high at the back your bra should actually sit really quite low down the middle of your back and people think oh as long as my breast is sort of filling the cup it doesn't really matter but if it's raised up quite high at the back then that bra doesn't fit you so i know that lots of people will find it uncomfortable and embarrassing but you, you pop along to in the uk your local mns or john lewis or whatever other shop and all around the world there will be women that fit bras they will measure you they can measure you with your current bra on if you're uncomfortable about showing your breasts and then they go and get bras that they think fit you and then, and you don't have to show anything but actually Wearing a good supportive bra will ease breast pain in itself mm. for lots of people. It will ease back pain. It will ease shoulder discomfort because they are weights that we carry around on our chest mm. and they need supporting. And, and we have a way of doing that, but most of us aren't doing it quite properly. And then if you're pregnant, if you gain weight, if you lose weight, your breast will change shape. Um, and it's important to regularly keep going and keep getting them refitted. After the menopause, your breast changes again. Um, and essentially, they, they become a lot softer. They're less dense. And again, you might need new bra fittings. Um, and over time, the elastics in our bras go. And so it's, it's actually something that I would consider part of self-care, mm -hmm. that you have a good fitting bra that supports your breast so that you're not uncomfortable. Okay. And that actually brings me on to something I wanted to ask you about, which is all the old wives' tales, like underwires give you breast cancer and um, certain deodorants can. And what's the other one? Oh, you know, don't sleep in a bra because that will... I mean, are these factors in things that can give you cancer? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I actually, I love being able to say no. Um, <laughs> underwires don't breast cancer um the reason that um people talk about underwires in pregnancy often is that if your breast sh shape is changing rapidly that they can dig in and become right. uncomfortable um but as long as it fits properly i don't i don't necessarily have an issue with it deodorant doesn't cause breast cancer if you want to talk about what potentially does mm. increase your risk of having breast cancer the first is a family history um and if you do have a family history if your mum, if your sisters have had breast cancer then do talk to your gp about it because we could refer you for genetic testing if that's something that you would consider mm -hmm. smoking affects your risk of all cancers mm -hmm. being obese affects your risk of cancer um 
And then there are things that are entirely outside of your control. Um, and actually, I would probably include obesity in that because obesity is a very complex, complicated mm. disease and much of it is not inside our control. But the more that you ovulate, the more ovulatory cycles that you have, um, there is a slightly, it's associated with an increased risk. So having a very early start to your period and a very late menopause, um, not breastfeeding, not having children means that you have more and more ovulatory cycles and that's associated with an increased risk as well. Um, people, people are often concerned about the pill and about HRT and about all those other things. And if you're worried about it, go and talk to your doctor. There is a very slight increased risk um, associated with um, the pill, but it stops when you stop having it. And bearing in mind that you have the pill when you're young. Um, and the risks associated with breast cancer and HRT are actually, I think, often in the press significantly overplayed. Mm. So 23 women per 1,000 between the ages of 50 and 59 will develop breast cancer in the UK per year. If they're given HRT, 27 cases per thousand. So that's four per thousand extra cases. That's less than the impact of being overweight or drinking more than a couple of glasses of wine a week. So actually that impact is not very big and that impact can be negated by regularly exercising. Regularly exercising uh, decreases your risk of, of breast cancer. So those risks are small um, and when it comes to HRT, and that has to be balanced against the potential huge benefit that HRT can have. And, and interestingly enough, for me, if you're interested in such things, and I am, um, estrogen-only HRT, which you would have if you didn't have a womb, is not associated with any increased risk of breast cancer at all. So if you're worried... Go talk to your doctor so that we can actually discuss these things with you in a way that you can understand, as opposed to really quite frightening headlines that mm. tell us a different every day. One day we should eat oranges and the next day oranges are going to kill us. Um, and so let's, let's start talking about our fears and our worries so that we can get treatment and help for the things that we can change. Um, we can get advice about things which may increase our risk, like habit, like carrying the BRCA gene. Um, and we can then go down the what would you like to do next and the treatment options for that. And we can reassure each other about the ones that really don't have an increased risk of cancer like that underwire in your bra. Hmm. Okay. And you also mentioned alcohol. And the reason why I want to touch on that is because there was a newspaper article, a very scary one, talking about how it was a huge factor. I mean, it, but it is a factor. So it is a factor, but association and causation are not the same. Right. So... I am a short person. I am five foot tall and I have blue jeans in my cupboard. Even if a million short people who are five foot tall had blue jeans in their cupboard, that's an association. Mm. That doesn't mean that the blue jeans made me short or that being short made me buy blue jeans. That's causation. Mm. So what doctors do at the beginning or, or research scientists do is we look for associations and then we go and see if we can work out whether or not that association has a cause to it mm -hmm. and so that's where where lots of things are and we're not exactly sure of the mechanism um but drinking alcohol is associated with an increased risk um of lots of things and one of which is, is related to breast cancer yes okay but that doesn't mean that we understand exactly how that happens Okay, that's really thorough. And I think we are drawing to the end of our time together. So I just want to really reiterate that um, what we're hoping is to get people to go and see their doctors 
um, if they need to, but also to start uh, the checking process? Absolutely. Now, I, I don't know if you want to use it or not, but there are some really good resources that are available on the internet. And there are things, uh, charities that will send you, for example, a shower sticker um, that doesn't mark your tiles. So the Copperfield guys will send you a shower sticker that you put in your shower and it just reminds you what it is that you're looking for, or you put it in your mirror. And um, there are charities that are trying to put similar stickers in um, changing rooms and shops just so that we have a visual trigger to to remember to go and check our breasts but essentially it's know your normal regularly look and feel and if there is a change or anything that you're worried about go and see your doctor so that we can treat and refer and act as appropriate and would you say just go and see them as soon as it happens not see if it'll go away and then you know is it just don't think you're wasting time by just saying this feels different? You're not wasting our time at all. If you are under the age of 35 and it's two days before your period um, and you've just started checking your breasts, then it might be reasonable to wait until after your period. Right. But in general, in general, my rule of thumb is are on the side of caution. Absolutely come and see us. And straight away you'll know that, that we take you very seriously because we are going to examine your breasts too. Any change, we want to see it. Okay. Thank you so much. Obviously, the links to what you've just discussed about the shower stickers and any other resources will be in the show notes, which can be found on uh, emmaguns.com, Apple Podcasts and Acast, or wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. But um, thank you so much, Philippa. It was really nice to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening if you want to get in touch with the show email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can always dm me on social media where i'm at emma guns on twitter and instagram and if you want to have a chat with me and thousands of other listeners to the podcast then why not sign up to the emma guns show the forum on facebook just clink the clink click the link in the show notes which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this episode and answer the three multiple choice questions i've shaken it up a bit anyone who knows that there used to be two and you will get to enjoy the lovely community that was in that, that is within that forum. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.